thanks for being out. Uh, I, uh, the topic of aging, first of all, I love, I love how a church deals with it. Aging is not enough. It's aging in the gospel, okay? <laughs> well, I don't have a lot of gospel for you other than this is part of the gospel. But the aging part, and it, it's almost like a test to hold an aging discussion after dark at this location because <laughs> you couldn't find it. These guys brought a driver. There's one guy here under 55, and that's because he had to drive his parents. And so, that, I mean, that's what, just what you got. And, and that's been the whole journey for me. Some of you have lived that journey with me, meaning you've had to listen to all this yapping for about a year. Uh, but I, I, I want to, I got interested in the topic of aging when I started to age. Uh, uh, I, I had, and this is kind of the sequence, and I don't know that I can put specific dates on it, but I had an open heart surgery, and I thought, well, but I got through it. You know what it's like, you get through it, and you're going, whatever. But then I got the lupus diagnosis, and, and that's the bad one. That's the uh, loop. I don't know how much you know about it, but it's an autoimmune disease. My good cells eat my bad cells. Uh, fortunately, I don't have that many good cells, so it, it worked out perfect. But lupus is a disease that strikes primarily women ages, 95% of those who get it are women 18 to 35. So when they gave me the diagnosis, I said, how cool will my first support group meeting be? I mean, this is going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be amazing. So I started thinking about aging, and then I had the prostate cancer. And, and I don't say this so you go, oh, Tom, but it's a good time to go, oh, Tom. I mean, it's a good, you start to feel it. So this starts to hit. I know it's not happening to just me, but I don't really know many people. So I'm at... Fries, Mark, I'm buying my first box of Depends. And I'm at Fries, and I'm coming in. I can see you looking at me. I'm not wearing them now, so <laughs> stop it. Okay. All, all of a sudden, everybody's going. <laughs> so I'm going to Fries, and I'm thinking, how am I going to find these Depends? Well, I don't even know where to look. Diapers would be kids. So I figured, well, I'll go over, because Fry's layout is every hygiene and body stuff is all on the right. So I go over there, and there is a half a shelf wall of Depends. And, and there's all kinds of sizes and, uh, you know, duration and, and, and absorption. And, and I don't know any of this. I'm figuring it out. I want to buy the introductory sample pack, but I, I don't know what to do. So I get this small box, and I go to self-checkout. It's like when you were 18 years old. Well, you guys never had this experience, but many people did, trying to buy a Playboy, and you're hiding it. I'm hiding my Depends. I self-checkout. I get through the pack. I know what I need. I go to Walgreens. This is all true stuff. I go to Walgreens. And I'm checking out. I hope this isn't too much. Sandy's not here. If Sandy were here, she would go, skip this part. 
When I go to Walgreens, I got a box of Depends, an enema, and Preparation H. <laughs> and I'm checking out, and the girl said to me, have a good day. <laughs> and I couldn't let it go. I said, honestly, is there anything, this is the best part of my day right here, because it's going nowhere. I'll, I'll stack the order of how I'm going to use them if you're interested. Well, that got me, and, 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 it, and it's a big deal. But at that point, I realized I'm not alone in this. And the statistics are amazing. In the United States of America, every day, 10,000 people celebrate their 65th birthday. I mean, let that sink in. That's 417 people every hour, seven people every minute. So I've been talking already roughly seven minutes. 50 people in the country have turned 65. Now, I like graphics. Uh, this is a picture of historic Kinnick Stadium. This is where Iowa plays football. Seating capacity, 70,585. Every week, we fill Kinnick Stadium with people turning 65 years of age. That's a, every week, every year, we fill Kinnick Stadium. And just to give you some perspective, by the year 2030, 75 million people in this country will be age 65 or older, one out of four people. So all of a sudden, I, I think I'm saying, well, I'm not the only guy going through this. This has to be an amazing opportunity, not for some, well, if you want to brand something and sell it, but, but for the church. And so my mind, I'm starting to read, and it wasn't scientific. I found a book that looked interesting, bought it on Amazon, so I never had to think again, because they told me every day what to buy. And I got all these books, and I'm starting to go, what's going on? And Sandy uh, had a meeting that, uh, for a project she was working on. And we contacted Glenn Awada. Glenn is here tonight. Some of you know him. Uh, I've known Glenn at a distance for a long time, but really up close in the last whatever, six months. And we're in this meeting, and I see Glenn, and Glenn does, among professionally, his specialties market research. And he's a thoughtful guy. I don't hang around many thoughtful people. No offense to any of you personally, but I, I, I don't hang around thoughtful people. So we're walking out of this meeting, and I said to Glenn, I'd like to talk to you about something. And he said, what is it? And I said, well, I, I want a time where we can talk. And he said, I can talk. What is it? And I said, aging. Now, I'm, I'm, sir, I've, I had a period of about six months where people were asking me, what are you working on? What are you thinking about? And I would say aging, and they would say, oh, and then walk away. <laughs> Either they were aging and didn't want to deal with it, or 
it was so far in their future, or they thought they were the exception, or I understand you've been through a lot, you know, you'll come out of it. Glenn lit up. He said, I'm at that point in my life where I'm starting to think about this retirement stuff. And my friends are either kind of a little behind me or ahead of me, and we're talking about it all the time. But once we start to push against it, the conversation stops. And I said, that's exactly what I do. I start with some guy, and then they make a Viagra joke and walk away. That's exactly what happens. And I said, this isn't going to, I said, let me show you this picture of Kinnick Stadium. This, this isn't going to work. The numbers are overwhelming. So I said to Glenn, let's get together. You think about it. We'll get together in a couple of weeks, and, and we'll talk. So Glenn did what Glenn does. He started talking to people and then said, can, can you fill out this survey? Can, can, can you answer these questions? And then he did a sampling of, of people, primarily Christians, because that totally changes the perspective on where this goes. And then he did a phone survey. And so we started, here, here was the hook for me. I started seeing things that confirmed and affirmed what I sensed and what I read. And then, and this is the big hook for tonight, then I saw something in the Christian community that shocked me. So let me give you just a, a little data. Glenn asked a group of people, what are your biggest challenges prior to retirement? And, and those were the numbers we saw. You wouldn't surprise you. Finance, I mean, once you talk retirement with people, money's the big deal. Everybody's afraid of it. Healthcare cost outranked healthcare issues. So that would tie into the first one. I'm still going to work, marriage, divorce, death of a family member. What are your plans, was the next question. What are your plans post-retirement? 49% said travel. If I started reading this, travel, travel, be a snowbird, travel. You're going to have... You're going to have Viking river cruises down the Salt River here pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, they're you're out. I mean, how many times? I have all these friends that go on these river cruises, and I say, how was it? And they said, there's a lot of cathedrals over there. There's a lot of castles. But, but I got all the castles confused. And I'm not minimizing that. I'm just saying, this, this seems pretty typical. I'm going to continue to work, 10%, which not quite retirement, I'm going to volunteer, don't know where, don't know when. We started to see a lot of people comment, kind of add in, take a class. I can tell you this, the first university that figures out how to streamline registration for a class is going to hit the mother load. It'll be GCU if they're not too busy figuring out world peace. But it, it'll, somebody that can, I call it Amazon, it's click, click, and I'm registered. I've tried to register at a thousand universities, and they all want to know what my major is. Well, my major's eligibility. I mean, I don't have a major. I want to take a class. So take a class, grandkids, hobbies, 
and, and specifically, apparently golfing isn't a hobby because it got its own category. <laughs> What's the best part of retirement? This is overwhelming. I do what I want. I do nothing. Sleep. Grandkids. Travel. Pre-retirement, overwhelming answer, I'm going to travel. Best part, it didn't make the list. What are the biggest challenges since you've retired? Well, it were the things we knew would be, except it flips. Health, money, you know all this. Managing time, death of a family member, boredom. Enough people were honest to say their spouse. <laughs> but, but it's but when you talk, I mean, I, I, it's anecdote. I got it. But when I talk to people, they'll go, I don't, I don't really know her. We've been roommates for 40 years, but the last time I checked, I asked if the baby was sleeping through the night, and now it's 40 years later, and, <laughs> and I don't know her. And so we heard that kind of stuff. Here's where it got interesting. What's been the biggest surprise in retirement? It's expensive. Now, how can that surprise you? 9% said, I'm surprised. I'm enjoying life. 6% are surprised by the freedom. 5% said, I don't miss work. Health issues. This is where we started to, to dig into what I think are kind of the underlying dark little secrets about this. You get older, and the comments we heard, the world's changing so fast. I sat in a room today with one, two, three, four guys. The oldest was 29. The conversation was about how fast things are changing. Well, if it's changing fast for you at 29, what do you think it is at 69? And how fast things are changing. And, and then it creeps in. I, I don't have much value anymore. My phrase, I went from who's who to who's he. <laughs> you walk in. I, I, I mean, I was pretty involved at East Valley Bible Church in Redemption Gilbert. I was there the first day. I'd been out of the pulpit three months, and I'm walking in, and I'm looking for Justin Marshall. Some of you know Justin. There's a lady at the door passing out bulletins, and I said, have you seen Justin Marshall? And she said, no, I haven't. And I said, well, I thought he'd be around here. And she said to me, is this your first time here? I said, what? She didn't mean anything by it, but I could feel it. And, and I think I have, I think, I have my ego pretty much under control, kind of under control, more under control sometimes than others. But I realized right away, I did not attach my value to my job, but the people I interacted with did. And so all of a sudden, I go from who's who to who's he. 
Then I'm talking with a real estate guy, same week, a real estate guy, a doctor at Mayo, and a, and, a, and a construction guy. And everyone told the same story. I'm, and they're all about my age. I'm sitting in these meetings. We're talking about this. And I start to participate. And they, everybody in the room said, you know, I know, I know that's how they did it in the 80s. And pretty soon, you don't even, I was in a meeting last week, and I didn't participate because my comment was going to be, I don't get this. And I knew the minute I said it, I would marginalize myself even more. When I found out when we debriefed the meeting, nobody in the meeting got it. <laughs> I hadn't lost my touch. The world's changing. The world no longer, it, it, it it no longer needs me. That's what you start to hear. You're invisible. I hate to commit to this, but I started mall walking. I mean, that's just this side of assisted living, okay? <laughs> so I started mall walking, which I, I, I love to go to the mall. When you go in there when nobody's in there, the only thing open is Cinnabon. Well, that's not what I need. So I don't take any money in, and I'm walking when nobody's in there. And there's a, here, this is an amazing thing. Claire's, you know the company Claire's? Claire's claims that they have pierced 100 million ears. That's an amazing statistic. And I'm walking through the mall, and I realize not one thing in there is designed for me other than the restroom. <laughs> That's the only thing. I walked in, I needed a new pair of jeans. I, I walked in, I had this lady waited on me. She was absolutely a terrific employee. She, you know, I, I wouldn't have picked her out as looking. This is, shows why you can't judge by the cover. I wouldn't have picked her out as employee of the week, but she was. And she gave me this pair of jeans. And I said, I want to be clear. I'm buying jeans for myself, not for my sister. How skinny are these? She said, well, a lot of men your age are wearing them. I said, I'm not. And it was one thing. I come up on the escalator. This is, and I'm watching. And there's a lady. And she's staring at the escalator. And I'm telling you, three years ago, I would have whacked her right down that escalator. <laughs> but I'm going, I know what she's feeling. When you take that first step on the escalator, you're committed. It's not going to stop. And if it's going down, somehow going up seems safer. It's going down. And I thought, this is just everything around me. You begin to feel that. You can see the heads bobbing. You connect with it. It just is. You're invisible. And you don't want to be. I had a friend goes to his dad's retirement party. And it's kind of the reverse of when you're really proud and you want your boy to do something. This is the dad. And his dad's last project was to build the new company headquarters. And it was state-of-the-art, blim-blam, all over, the whole thing. 
And he, and he kept telling his kid, I want to go, I want you to see it. I want you, dad was so proud. Finally, they did a toast to him and played some music. And, and he said, come on, let me show you. Okay, you got the moment? He goes over and the dad swipes his card and it says, deactivated. You can just feel it, can't you? Well, but I have a safe spot. I can go to the church. And now I start reading the stuff that Glenn's gathering together. And they say, I go to the church and I feel invisible there. Nobody wants me there. Here, here's the phrase that I've coined. It feels like this, doesn't it? Now, I'm involved. Okay, okay i got to do a thousand disclaimers here. This is not Redemption Church. This is talking about churches all over. And, and this, is, this is how it feels. This is what I hear. This isn't me. This is what I hear. It feels like the church wants me to show up, shut up, cough up. They want me to show up because we need this multi-generational picture and we don't want to have to buy it from Getty. And they want me to shut up. I don't want to hear about how cold it is. I don't want to hear about how loud it is. I, and, but we do have a special time for you. We have four minutes carved out in the middle where you can pay for all the young people who want to drill wells in Africa. You can pay for childcare for their kids. And that's just true. I go to Gilbert. We just added expectant mother parking. And that seems like a good thing. And I'm not criticizing it. But I watch on Sunday, and the mom gets out, and she's got her Lululemons, and she just did an hour of yoga, and she just hired... Uh, hiked Camelback Mountain, and she sprints 30 yards into the worship center. The old people were in the North 40. It's like a 10K. They're looking for a water station along the way. It's 120 degrees. And, they're, and they're, I mean, they're dying to get there. Then they get in. The bulletin's in four-point four point font, and the lights are down low. You might as well tell me to stay home. Now, I know you don't feel that way, but you're not worried about me. You're worried about expectant mother. And that's how it feels. And I'm not trying to fix it. And I'm not speaking for everybody. But I think what's starting to happen is the loyalty to a single church is going away. And us old folk are not necessarily tech savvy but we're tech friendly and once you can figure out you can stream this thing you're not going when it's 120 degrees you're not going to go park out there and hike four miles in so here you go how was that do i have you feeling good about yourself <laughs> <laughs> but but here's that's how it feels when you enter the topic and, and yet, here's what I know. God designed aging just like he designed youth. 
We talk about the celebration and the wedding and they go to school and they graduate and we celebrate it. God designed this too. Some fall, this is part of his plan. So now as Glenn began to dig deep into this stuff, I started reading more the essay answers. And, and the people just said, what I need most, my, my friends are dying, my spouse is dying. At the time I need community most, I don't have it. I just read yesterday, and, and I didn't see the resource, so you can read everything. So like I saw the quote the other day, uh, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, Abraham Lincoln. Okay, so I, I know, I know it's true. I know you can't believe it all. But, but these people are starting to talk, and this is all through this discussion, I didn't know what the end game would be. And then I found it by reading what Glenn uncovered. This whole negative loss, that's how age is, is viewed. It's viewed as a loss. Well, it's not a loss, it's a gain. And I'm not just trying to make something up so you feel better, but, but imagine this. Imagine if Ali's skills got better as he got older. They didn't. Watch the Larry Holmes fight. Imagine if Sinatra had a wider range, as he sang, when he got older. I saw him when he was at the arena his last time here. His range didn't that get bigger. We look at every one of these things and say, oh, if they age, as a Christian, here you go, your prayer life can get better as you get older. You got a whole boatload of time with nothing to do. How many Family Feud reruns can you watch? <laughs> your time in the Word can get richer. Your well's deeper. I uh, went to church last year, and I'm quickly at not a redemption church. I was out of town. There was a 27-year-old man talking about suffering. And everything he said was right, but the whole time I thought, somebody stole your bike? <laughs> what, 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 what was it that really ruined your day? Your girlfriend broke up with you? You can talk about suffering and read the book of Psalms from a deep well. When you hear the psalmist crying out from the pit, you can feel it now. And what we got, what Glenn got, when we went into it, is people are saying, as I need my faith most, I'm having a crisis in my faith. Here was something, and it popped up four or five times in the hundred kind of fill-in-the-blank survey that people did. That popped up most is, no one holds me accountable. I don't ever think of that, but it's true. Who's going to hold Nana's feet to the fire? <laughs> I mean, really. Nana, are you having your quiet time? And they go, eh, everything's quiet to her. She can't hear. She's got her quiet time 24 hours a day. So I'm in, and the fact I have to tell you this is embarrassing, I work out. And my, 
therapist. It's technically, to be honest, I'm in therapy. So it's different than working out. I can't work out. I graduate to working out. And my therapist is, is named Rhonda, which is the worst possible name for a therapist because by noon, she's heard 15 times, help me, Rhonda, help, help me, Rhonda. <laughs> and so I said, she, I, mean, I, so I just said, that's so bad. And she said, oh, no, it's not. I, it's interesting, the next time I came back, I didn't get Rhonda. And so I've got Kelsey, and I said, Kelsey, what's the hardest part about being a therapist at working with old people? And she said, listen now, she said, I don't know how hard to push them. I said, really? So the next week, I got back to my normal lady. I said, what's the hardest thing about working with old people? And she said, I don't know how to, hard to push them. She said, like you, Tom, I told you la uh, two weeks ago, do 10 more, and you told me no. <laughs> and she did. She said, do 10 more. I said, I'm not doing 10 more. I'm done. And she said, if, if you were your wife, if you were Sandy, or you were a young, healthy person, I'd say do 10 more, or you're not coming back in the gym. So now you have these old people saying, nobody holds me accountable. I'm down here, cycling down. I'm desperate. I uh, said I don't know the end game, but I've been working on a series. And I, and I developed an outline. When you see it, it's not an outline. Steve, can you pass them out, maybe split the room? I don't know if there's enough all the way around, so if you're here as a couple that talks to each other, maybe you could share it. <laughs> but this looks like a major project all of a sudden. I didn't, I didn't get anything. I didn't, yeah. Well, you, this is going to show up in your file. And I, I titled this when you get it, and this is not original. Almost nothing I have is, other than that Walgreens story. Um, I, I title it, Choose How You Age. And that's the name of the place where I work out. That's their little phrase. And when I first saw it, I pushed back against that. But, but, but here's what I want you to see. It doesn't say, choose if you age. I, I, if you're here thinking we can stop that, we can't. That's not going to happen till you die or Jesus comes. But you can choose how you age. Here you go. This ought to catch your attention because when I start talking to people and now we talk about aging, I'll say, well, what do you think about aging? And they almost will say, this is now your, your Christians, they'll say, I want to finish strong. Well, here's what I can tell you, by and large. Most of these people are not going to finish strong because they haven't started strong. You, you aren't going to finish, and all of a sudden, you, you're going to become this superhero. I didn't bring my phone in, but I had a quote on there from Dostoevsky, which I, I, I've never read a Russian novelist, but I thought quoting one made me look <laughs> smarter. 
and so he said essentially that the second half of a man's life is doing what they did in the first half of life. Now, that's not universally true, but that sets their trajectory. And so I picked these topics, and here's what I plan to do. I plan to tweak this and develop it. This is kind of doesn't help you any, and teach it on Wednesday morning at Gilbert, starting in three or four weeks. But what I hope to be able to say is, is coming to a theater new, near you, probably fall, I don't know that. Uh, I am not a writer, but I'm convinced this needs to be a book. I have people all the time say to me, when are you going to write a book? Well, that anticipates two things. Number one, that I can write, which I don't even write my mom. I couldn't write a book. And that I have something to say. I think I have something to say, but I think Glenn's the one who writes it. Or, or, or Tom Schrader in then real small print with Glenn Awada. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to be involved in it, but, but this needs to be a book. And based on what we saw, here's what, if you're retired, there's some few things we can do. I think this is really targeted at people 50-ish. For example, here, here are the topics, stewardship. This is what's going to carry you over to the end. That God's the master. That he's given you, okay, really important now, time energy, effort, money. It may be declining, but you have these resources and he's going to hold you accountable. I, I, I know I'm getting a reputation for this because I had a guy the other day stop me that I don't know who he is. And he said, are you Tom Schrader? And I said, I am. And he said, uh, I understand you're working on aging. And I said, well, you could take that a couple of ways, but yeah. And I said, who are you? And he told me his name. Didn't mean anything. And he said, you know, what are you seeing in this aging? And I said, well, I don't know. What are you seeing? And he said, I can do everything at 65 that I did at 25. And I said, really? You mustn't have done much at 25. Because I can't do what I did at 55 or 60. You, uh, unless you are extraordinary, your skills are diminishing. They just are. The body's in gradual decline. Your giftedness. I know that I don't communicate as well, study as well. I know as I did 10 years ago. But because that resource that you have, your time, your energy, your effort, your money, because it's declining, doesn't relieve you from your stewardship to God in this. In fact, it increases. If you have a limited resource, it's even more important that you steward this. You're not your own. When Rush Limbaugh says, talent on loan from God, I don't think he's trying to make a theological statement, but he is. God's loaned you this. There, there, and, it, and it seems funny, as everything's slowing down, there's an urgency now. I don't have, I don't know. Every time, I, I'm getting ready to buy a set of tires, okay? And you know the first thing I thought? 
that this will be my last set of tires. <laughs> this will be my last time going to Coronado. This will be my last Thanksgiving. And I've gotten to the point where the people I say it to are hoping it's true. I mean, <laughs> I'm wearing them out. I mean, how would you like Sandy? You think Sandy wants to listen to this all day? The fact she's not here ought to tell you something. She's in Pasadena, and she sent me a text. I know it'll go well. Don't worry. Well, you need to steward it. I added, do you have on your list finances? I added finances. If you're retired, we can do a little help, but it's like going to financial hospice, really, at this point. But this finance, you saw it as a concern. The reason it's a concern, it's a big deal. It costs money to live. And most people don't anticipate that. It's like everything else. It, I, I want to get in shape. What do I need to do? I'm going to guess it's going to sound like this. Eat less, exercise more. Uh, I mean, some version of that, what you eat and how much kale can you stand and how much can you, but, but, but I mean, that's just it. And you knew it at 35, but you didn't do anything with it. You waited to have open heart surgery. And then I'm, I'm, there for, I'm in cardiac rehab with this grouchy guy. And, and we, we went, I went Monday, Wednesday, Friday. He went Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We went about the same time. Grouchy, miserable guy. Monday, I come in, he's laughing. I said, do you have a good weekend? He said, yep. I said, what'd you do? He said, I started smoking and drinking again. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know this is not right. You know you're going to retire. You know you have bills. You know you have to live. And if somebody tries to help you with it, you think they're trying to separate you from your money rather than help plan it. Well, you have to get that under control. I have to begin to define that. What's next on your list? I don't have the outline. Health. Well, that, that, there are things, thank you. There are things that you can do, lifestyle choices that you can make that are going to slow your decline. You know, if, if you don't eat this stuff, I mean, you're Tom Brady, and he doesn't eat sugar, and he exercises, and he does yoga. Now, if I'm in an NFL quarterback, I'm going to think, what are you doing? And I might do it. But you won't. This health thing is simple. There's things you can do to slow your decline. I got that. Stephen Covey, great principle, says, and this works for looking at anything. Start with the end in mind. Well, I can fast forward for you. The end is you're going to get fat and old and die. Okay? That's the end. You can slow it down and get less fat, but you're still going to die. There's some things you can do every time. Every summer we do this. It's my favorite thing. And, and I don't know if you've seen Sandy lately, but in the summer, sleeveless Phoenix, they like it. Her arms are unbelievable. And every time we're out, every time, a lady will say to her, I'd do anything to have arms like that. What do you do? And she said, well, I get up every morning at 4.30 and swim. Well, 
I don't think I'll do that. Uh, I go to the gym every day at 4 o'clock. Well, I'm not going to do that. Well, let's rewind. I'll do anything to have arms like that. You know you can look like Sandy. Well, you're going to have to do that. And it's the same thing with me. Almost every day, because I'm home, I'll be on the couch at 3.30 watching something I've taped, and Sandy will go by in our workout stuff, and she'll say, don't hurt yourself. And she'll leave. <laughs> every day. Every day. I know you can look like that. You can make lifestyle choices, but it's like the finance. You won't. And then it was life management. The thing about retirement that everybody comes to is, I got all this time. And I do too. Sandy gets up every day at 4.30, and I'll say to her, wake me up when you leave. And she's tried everything. But if she grabs my foot and twists it, I get up. <laughs> and I'll go down, and I'll turn on the TV. I'll put on my TV ears. I always watch these ads and said, what idiot's going to wear those? Well, I do. And, and Sandy's happier about it, and I'm happy about her. Put on my TV ears. I make a cake up. I watch Channel 3 because I like April, who does the weather, and Channel 10 because I like Corey McCluskey, and I compare them and then figure out the next day who was right. <laughs> I look at my bird feeder. I read a little bit. It's 8 o'clock. I'm done. I got nothing left. I'm re-watching the 1969 World Series. And I know the Mets going to win this one, although they weren't so shaky. Well, if you don't, I'm going to tell you what you learned at Xerox and IBM. You got to manage your time. You got to figure this out. You got to set goals. You got to write them down. I'm not talking about five pages on a spreadsheet, but to say, okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to read my Bible every day. When? In the morning. Morning's a big span. What time in the morning? Six o'clock. What time do you get up? Seven. Okay. <laughs> well, that ain't going to work. We hit a, we, but see how we hit a snag in our planning. So well, let's readjust it. Seven, seven o'clock. Well, I need to go to the bathroom and weigh myself and get a K-cup and do some stuff. So what time, what time are you going to read? 8 o'clock. Write it down, 8 o'clock. What else are you going to do? Well, I'm going to walk, okay, every day, you know, five days a week. Which five? Well, Monday through Friday, okay? Because now we got a metrics for deciding whether you've achieved this or not. If you don't write it out, you'll never know. Now, let me tell you something. I hate this planning. I've never done it my whole life. I never set goals. But I realized this true confession. I need it more now than I did when I was in business because my calendar dictated everything. I'm talking to a guy the other day, and he said, I got so much time, every day's the same. This is really good. He said, the only way I know it's Sunday is the paper's bigger. <laughs> and I said, well, the only way I know you're old is you're still getting the newspaper. 
relationships. You got a roommate for 40 years that you're married to. Now you have to introduct, interact with adult kids. That's different than kid kids. And maybe you get this grandparenting thing. And it's grandparenting's become a big deal. And I'm not, this is a little traitoresque, I'm not sure we haven't gone a little nuts with some of this grandparent stuff. I'm at my first gymnastics meet Sunday. And there's all these old people watching their grandkids. I love you. Really? This kid's so screwed up, they need to hear that right now? They're that fragile? And, and they bring flowers for them? It's a kid. It's a kid that's eight going on a balance beam. She can't even walk on, like, down this aisle. And, and she gets a 6.5 on the balance beam? And you want to take the judge out? <laughs> we need some relationship skills here again. And here's a big one. You've relocated. I uh, have with me as a guest tonight a, a, a guy that texted me last week. And we went to kindergarten, grade school, and high school together. Well, when we start talking, there's a little bit of, do you remember, and that. And there's a little catching up. But we have a relationship that you can't just move into Sun Lakes and establish those relationships with people now. We can talk about having our first Ham's beer together. You can talk about... I, I, do you use vanilla or chocolate in sure? Which one are you using? I mean, it's a different depth of relationship. It, you need a skill set. Here's getting in, and we, we got, just so you know, we got about 10 minutes. You're wearing out, I can tell. So am I. <laughs> is to know God. Is to understand him. Jesus says, this is life. That you might know the one true God. If you don't know him, life is always meaningless and will be more and more meaningless at the end of life. The number one age group with percentage increase in sexually transmitted disease is 65 and older. That stuns some of you, doesn't it? That's a lot of work. Number one problem... Number one problem, Sun City, is alcoholism. I mean, you got when you drive around, everything's manicured, everybody's golf cart is legally parked, and, and there's not much to complain about, so you drink. You, you mess around. We don't think of that with old age. Life becomes, here, here's, here's what I know. I don't know a ton. I know this. We got the answer to life. In Jesus. That's the answer. I don't even know. I'm with a guy one day. I never knew. I didn't know him. A friend called and said, I've got a buddy. He's messed up. Will you meet with him? And I said, okay. And he gave me his name. I said, I recognize that name. He said, he's well known, blah, blah, blah. So I go in. I sit down. And this guy starts. And I mean, didn't take a breath for 15 minutes. My wife is this. My kid is this. My daughter is this. My kid answered other on the gender question last week. I don't know what's going on. And he was all done. And I said to him, I don't know what the question is, but I know Jesus is the answer. 
in his classic work, Knowing God, J.I. Packer has a little line. It's toward the beginning of the book, maybe page 30-ish, where he says, when I understand knowing God is my primary purpose in life, things start to fall in place on their own. But it doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything is sweet. Look at the next topic. It's coping with pain and loss. Is you're going to get sick. You're going to die. I share my physical stuff a lot, um, and I hope it's not too much, but I want you to know that I understand. I, I, my foot yesterday is this big. I met the ortho guy at 8 o'clock in the morning yesterday. He said to me, because it's the second time I've seen him. I was in a boot, third time. And I take off my shoe, and he said, you need to see a doctor. <laughs> and I, I said, I just had a $20 copay. What was that? And he said, no, you, this is not me. This is not ortho. This is cardiovascular. You need to see a doctor. Can you see a doctor? And I said, yeah, I, I'll be in there in three hours. And we spent an hour and 15 minutes. He went through the whole thing. And he said, this is really bad. I think it's a lupus flare-up. Well, I could have diagnosed that 30 days ago. And I last night was laying in bed. Sandy's gone. I'm moaning. I couldn't make a fist. But he gave me prednisone. And I knew by this morning I'd be flying. Now, I can only have it for a week because it's destroying my kidney and my liver. But I share that with you because this stuff just happens. I was talking to a lady today, the other day, this is a while ago, and she said, everything on me is sagging except my gums, which are receding. <laughs> it is going to happen. And, and I can fight that, and I can do hot yoga and cold yoga and all. It ain't going to matter. I might slow it down. You're going to have loss. Your kids are going to get divorced. Relationships fall apart. There's physical pain. There's emotional pain. There's hunger pain all around you. You can't watch. How can you watch the television and not realize things are a mess? But I need to know that that's when God works best. I'm never going to know. I'm never going to know joy if everything is smooth. I've discovered green lights do not test my patience. <laughs> Red ones do. And, and then I added missional water aerobics. What I meant by that was God's still using you. One of the surveys that uh, Glenn collected was a lady that said, my, my circle is smaller I keep seeing the same people every day. I have limited opportunities for evangelism. And I would say, no, you have more intense opportunity for evangelism. Sandy swims, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Master Swimmer program, but they get there, they get in the water, they do their hour and a half, two hours, they get out, they shower, they leave. Not a lot of chance for conversation. But every time, but uh, uh, there's a chance for 
intimacy in terms of you know each other. Every time somebody has a problem, they come to Sandy. Every time. And, and she's not wearing I Love Jesus bubber stucker, and she doesn't have a I know I Love Jesus, Yes, I Do bathing suit. She's just different than everybody else. And, and when they say, well, well, tell me about your husband. And they say, well, he's older than I am, and he's a pastor. Really? You got a chance. God's still using you. Here's what I know. God's not done with you. Because when he is, we're going to come and take a viewing of the body. That's when he's done with you. Even if you're laying in a coma, God is using you to minister to your family and friends who are gathered around to pray for you. And then I think to think about heaven. I believe, and, and I can't prove it, I believe that most people think heaven is Scottsdale without traffic. That's what I believe. I really do. I think they think heaven is like don't have to wait in line at a restaurant, no traffic, irrigation comes on time. I think that's what people think. And what's it going to be like? I have, I sent it over, I don't know if Stephanie has it, Psalm 71, verse 18. The psalmist writes, so even in old age, in gray hairs, oh God, don't forsake me. Now, he's, the psalmist is not pleading, don't forsake me for me, but until I, until I proclaim your might to another generation. I keep reading, and it's the metaphor that's used, is that, that life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Well, yeah, it's a long distance. I think it's a relay race. Uh, that's what I think. I get all these kids. I, it's so Tom, will you mentor me? Mentoring is this year's Fitbit. Everybody wants to be mentored, get mentored. I don't even know. I said, what do you mean? Tell me what you mean. And here's what they mean. Will you hang out with me? Will you buy me dinner? I mean, that's what they really mean. <laughs> and then they pick a restaurant. They picked a, a, a Fox restaurant that I can't hear in. And... But I, I can see the bill. But, but that's how, that's mentoring. But it's relationship. It's hanging out. It's living life. That uh, psalm, Psalm 78, verse 18, um, in the message, Eugene Peterson paraphrases it this way. I'll keep at it until I'm old and gray. God, don't walk off and leave me until I get the good news of your strong, right arm to this world, news of your power to the world yet to come. I get all the loss in the aging thing, but the plus and the upside is huge. I don't think I see it that way until I get God in his proper place, and now I have a perspective. I can see it as it really is. I don't have to curse the lupus. God uses the lupus. I haven't quite got that down, but I, I, I know it's right. I don't, have to, I don't have to curse the getting old. God brings the getting old. You've got more to say than you've ever had to say. Your well is deep. 
Now, here's what I know. I wish somebody would have told me this 30 years ago. The reality is they did, and I ignored them. But that's a little bit of where I am and what I've discovered and how we can take that and, and make that real to you. That's the goal. And I'd love, I'm not looking for a pen pal, by the way. So if you want a dialogue on this, glennawada.com, okay? And he'll get it in the book somehow. But I, I, I'm interested in just, you know, a discussion, uh, hearing your input. Uh, if you want to send me something to read, it's Tom Schrader, redemptionaz.com. That's everybody's email on the redemption system, just my name. But I appreciate you coming out on a Thursday night, not having a clue what we were going to talk about other than aging. And I appreciate your investment, and I hope God pays you a dividend return on it. So let me pray, and, and we'll get you on your way. Father, thank you for this. Thank you for the, the truth that you give us. I know I didn't nail it cold, but I know everything we talked about is right because all of these principles flow from your word. It wasn't something we made up. God, help us see that you use us. You use us till our last breath. God, thank you that we can know Jesus and that we can have real meaning and purpose in life. God, help us deal with the, with the pain and the hurt and the loss and replace it with the gain of knowing you. Father, thank you for Jesus who said he came that we might have life and have it abundantly, John 10, 10. God, let us feel that abundant life all the way to the end. We pray that to you in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. For